Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about songs. Talk about songs. Hello, hello, hello. Mark and Sarah talk about songs is over the hill because this is episode 40. Yes, <laughs> with you as always is Mark Blankenship and my esteemed co host Sarah DeBunting. Hello. And we are here, as ever, to talk about songs. And to be more specific, we are here today to talk about the songs of one Jason Isbell. And he is, to my mind, one of the greatest artists working right now. Does that sound hyperbolic? Yeah, sure. But I also truly believe it. Uh, but before we get to that, I just want to kick it over to Sarah and ask you, Sarah, before I brought Jason Isbell's music to the table, had you encountered it before? I had not encountered it before, but listening to it, um, I listened to the songs a few times that we'll be discussing, and I felt like I had encountered him before in other guises uh, mm. that were already on my playlist, and it sent me into several like listening rabbit holes on my way to making notes about the various songs that we're going to talk about today. So why don't we hear one, and then we can talk about the roads less traveled both in his songs and outside of them that sounds perfect so what i will say to the listeners today is just unusually for me i would just like to make a very special request of all of you listen carefully to the lyrics because they are to me one of the things that make jason isbell such a which is such a wonderful artist so to begin here's a little snippet of a song of his from his most recent album called something more than free the song is called the life you chose i got lucky when i finished school Lost three fingers to a faulty tool. Settle out of court, I'm no one's fool. Probably knew. There's plenty left to make a getaway. I spent enough nights in the bluegrass state. We could go somewhere where people stay up late, but just somewhere. Are you living the life you chose? Are you living the life you chose? You? Are you taking the grown-up dose? Do you live with a man who knows you? Like I thought I did back then. But I guess I did And for me, this song, particularly the verse and chorus that you just heard, epitomizes one of the things that I love about his music, and that is this. There are many, many country artists in the world. There are many Americana artists in the world, and they all tend to write personal songs about love and loss and characters and whatever. But what I find so uniquely exciting about Jason Isbell is that in the three albums of his that I own, he has never once written about new love, new hurt, fresh joy, fresh pain. All of his songs are written from the perspective of people who have lived lives. Sometimes, in fact, very often those lives are hard, and sometimes those lives have felt almost unbearable. But inevitably, by the time that the people that he's writing about, including himself, show up in a Jason Isbell song, these people have become... If not necessarily wise, then they've become 
broad in their ability to see their own histories and their ability to feel fresh hopes uh, that spring from their previous experiences. So there's a certain weariness and knowingness to his music that I find incredibly beautiful. Another thing I love about his music is that when he writes about women and men, but women too, and this is something that's sadly rare, there there's never a sense of objectification. He has such deep empathy for the men and women that he writes about in his songs. He can craft such elegant characters, such elegant portraits of characters so quickly. And he manages to always do that, I think, uh, within a song that on its own is pleasing to listen to. So to me, The Life You Chose is a great place to start because if you heard in that verse that we listened to, the man who is speaking in this song is speaking to a woman that he has not seen since he was in high school. And you don't hear, we, we did not hear the first verse where he sees her again and hasn't seen her since she was a teenager lit, uh, reading the bell jar in her daddy's car and oh my gosh, all of that. So he has come back to her now after many years and he is desperately hoping to recapture some of that youthful love that he felt for her. Only now he's been through a pretty hard life. And it's interesting that he says he got lucky when he finished school and lost three fingers to a power tool. And then he was able to turn that injury into money that he could live on. And now he's hoping that with some sort of desperate desire that he can get this woman to come with him. And the idea that he feels lucky to have cut his fingers off and then be able to have some money coming in tells you a lot about the world that he lives in. And these people do tend to be the people that populate Jason Isbell's musical universe. And I think his own life growing up especially, they are working class or poor people who are still struggling to find something to believe in in their lives. And uh, that is something that to me is also underrepresented in music and especially underrepresented with the humanity that we hear in Jason Isbell's songs. So many country artists pander to working class audiences by singing songs about how blankly great it is, how unobjective, how, how um, unquestionably awesome it is to be country or whatever. And there's all of these sort of empty anthems that don't have any humanity. And I feel like Jason Isbell is the counter to that. That's a long bit of speechifying from me, Sarah, but I wonder, based on the life you chose at least, what what do you think about that song? Well, first of all, I was listening to this and scribbling madly, trying to come up with, in a stream of consciousness way, what artist this song and the the music reminded me of. Mm, mm -hmm. And I was so excited to finally, I was like, is it Pat Hull? Um, I don't feel like anyone else necessarily has heard of pat hall except maybe pat hall's mom <laughs> and also my brother because we used to run a uh rehearsal studio together where there would be shows and still are shows king killer studios check it out uh they're on facebook but pat hall pat hall's voice is uh much higher there's a much more like soaring like slower quality to the songs but i was like is that it and then i finally realized that it was David Gray's Babylon. Oh, I listened yes. To David Gray for like 10 years. And then I just paused, like I had to keep pausing and unpausing the song. Like where, where is this chord progression coming from? Where is it going to? Like, I felt like I was on a road with Jason Isbell. And then there was like a service road parallel to it. that This <laughs> other song was on that. I'm like, God damn it. I was so thrilled that I figured it out. And then I listened to Babylon and then I listened to nowhere and then I came back to doing this. As prep for the episode, um, there is something about the directness of... We talk a lot about how um, 
writing something that's like very personal and specific in a pop song makes it much more universally appealing or um, relatable. So I think that's at work here, but there's also this, you know, not that I was any good at it, but I was trained as a poet in university. And there is something about um, economy of of line, I guess, Mm, mm -hmm. that the, the line, we could go somewhere where people stay up late. Yes. Like that it's, it's actually a relatively vague line, but it's also extremely specific. Like I know exactly what he means about like, even in Louisville, Louisville is not a town that stays up late and it's like a, you know, it's a proper city Yes. with sports teams and whatnot. And it's like, I know, I know exactly what he means, but even he's not sure what he means, and that's what the line means. So, I found, I found the song. I actually don't like the bridge. I, I mm. wish I could cut out the bridge. I find it a little. Um, I feel like it's tacked on. I'm not sure this song needed a bridge. I think just singing it through with verses direct was fine, but the the um, rest of the song is really beautiful and familiar in the best way. Like, I don't think it's derivative of David Gray. Just it's strongly recalled Babylon for me. And I was so thrilled that I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. David Gray exists and has been sitting on (laughs) my, in my cloud for 10 years untouched. And here all of this is again. Uh, And it listening to this first and then uh, building on, uh, the experience of this song with the next songs. I'll be talking a little bit more about it later, but it does. He does seem to have this universe that he has populated with these yeah. various people, and they're old. There is running through the all the songs this idea, which you mentioned before, that pain and loss are things that you just learn to live with, and which you can you know, you can live happily and productively, but the pain and loss don't necessarily recede. You just decorate around them. So we'll, we'll revisit that concept with later songs. Well, I think that what you just said is so true because we are currently living in a moment with the fallacy of closure. I feel like so many stories want us to believe that if you just have quote unquote closure then everything is going to be fine. There's a Broadway musical right now called Dear Evan Hansen, which is so awesome until the last 10 minutes when all of the hard things that people have been honestly dealing with get swept away with a big hug and a hand-held journey through an arboretum. And you're just like, no, girl, one night among the fig trees or whatever is not going to just make it all go away. And there's Mm -hmm. something dishonest about this belief that we can just get closure and then everything just is over. And I can't remember who it was. Yeah, Exactly. I, there's a poet, Louise Erdick maybe has a poem where she has the line, "I can forget, but I can never unknow." Yeah. And and to me that is a line that comes up with the Jason Isbell song where you just you even if you're not thinking about it all the time your body doesn't forget you know you can never not know what this feels like you like you just said you can decorate around it. Um. Before we move on, I also want to add that as someone who is used to the way that New York always has a restaurant available, when I travel to other cities, even major cities, and I cannot get dinner at 930 because everything is closed, I'm like, can I get somebody to stay up late, please? Mm-hmm. 
Having uh, spent the last week on Cape Cod, and by the last week, I mean the week between Christmas and New Year's, (laughs) on the, like, the outer Cape, where it's, like, one guy in a hut in Truro, and me and my husband, (laughs) a couple lobsters being like, we're done here, right? Yeah, totally (laughs) We're not going to anybody's pot, right? I don't want to be that city mouse, but, like, the fact that I could find a diner within 10 minutes' drive at any time where I live is like, it's, it's hard. It's a hard adjustment, but there's also, it's difficult sometimes to sing or write about that quality of like small townness and um, feeling limited in ways you can't explain without being too city mouse in the delivery. Or like you were saying before, there is that like performatively, defensive like we're glad we haven't eaten a a meal out in 15 years except at applebee's because that means we're real like well yeah i actually like applebee's fine but let's it's not the basis for a political party let's all right settle down anyway moving on exactly jason isbell might be richly involved with this culture but he's not writing songs bragging about how limited it is right so what Jason Isbell is doing, though, is uh, writing sometimes, I think, a short story in the span of a four or five minute song. And another song from his most recent album, Something More Than Free, is called Speed Trap Town. And I think it perfectly illustrates this element of his songwriting. Uh, the song is about a man who had a very bad relationship with his father. But then he has decided, in, in the events of this song, we learn that he has signed off to have his father taken off life support. He goes and gets drunk in a football stand watching a high school football game, and then he leaves town forever. And that's the straight-ahead version of the telling. But if you listen to the song, there's a real elegance to the way that you learn all of those facts, including this verse and chorus where we really learn about his relationship with his dad. The doctor said daddy wouldn't make it a year But the holidays are over and he's still How long can they keep you in the ICU? Veins through the skin like a faded tattoo. Was a tough state trooper till a decade back. When that girl, it was a mama, caused his heart attack. He didn't care about us when he was walking around. Just pulling women over in a speed trap But it never did occur to me Till tonight When I realized he'll never be alright Sign my name and say my last goodbye Then decide there's nothing here that can't be left behind. So, Sarah, uh, I'd Oof. love to hear your thoughts on this one. Well, the the fact that the process, we were just talking when we were discussing the previous song about the myth of closure. Right. So it's all the more 
uh, narratively impressive, and it would be anyway, but the fact that he can get the narrator through this entire process of, I don't, I don't know quite how to put this, but I, and you know, I hope I'm not telling tales out of school on my late father-in-law, whom I never met, but he had um, some poorly diagnosed problems. Let's put it at that. <laughs> Leave sure. it at that. And uh, my husband's, my husband has this relationship with that relationship, which for lack of a better way to put it, is like compassion for the situation while having let go of the actual person. Mm. And the narrator in this song, it just reminded me of that, you know, because it was a father and because it was, you know, in a sort of a country place, but also this process that occurs within the song of forgiving himself for, like, he did his best in the situation for a person that he had no use for anymore. So all of that occurs, and then the process of the narrator's forgiveness for himself of yes. realizing that your family of origin isn't necessarily your destiny. Uh, that's that's a lot of fucking rocks to move in four <laughs> yeah. minutes. That's like and some... to still have and to still have a sing along pleasingly melodic chorus on top of it all. Yeah, and just the title. Like he could have just called it Speed Trap Town and then had it be an instrumental. So Another way that I think this verse in particular is remarkable in its ability to do a lot with a little is the way that you completely understand who this guy's dad is. Yes. In one ver- was a tough state trooper till a decade back when that girl who wasn't mama caused his heart attack. Oh, he didn't care about us when he was walking around because he's not walking around now, just pulling women over in a speed trap town. Yeah. That's, so there's three. That's, I mean, talk about rocks. Like he's and implying like, that his father is basically a, rapist with a badge like okay you've got and you've got three different relationships to women in one verse you've got the relationship with the wife slash mom the mistress who caused his heart attack and then all the other women that he didn't know really at all but just liked to pull over and it just tells you exactly what kind of blowhard asshole this guy was and yet we in the previous verse we've heard about him being in the icu veins through the skin like a faded tattoo so you get those two images next to each other hallelujah girl hallelujah yeah and there's that there's that compassion for this man at the end of his life powerless but then that um mean as a snake and like too tough to die thing right it's also coming through like the faded tattoo and then the tattoo itself has a certain connotation especially like one that's on the hand and yeah. This idea Ugh. of a secret membership. And yeah, I mean, like I said, there's there's a lot of ground to cover and he's hauling some serious weight across a lot of hectares out there and he does it. And the song musically is quite spare and elegant. And then it, uh, yeah, I mean, it's quite amazing. Like yeah. when a song, you look at it and you're like, it's like an egg. Like, I, I'm not against being able to see build in narrative, whether it's TV or sort of being like, well, I see what they did there. Right. But when it seems to have been, like, dropped whole or, like, floated up to the charts on the half shell, uh, there's something lovely about that, that when I, who am obsessed with turning tapestries over to see, 
how they were knotted when it's like knotted the same on both sides. And I'm like, wow, like, I just <laughs> think that's very impressive. And for a process nerd like myself uh, to see a song like this is um, intellectually pleasing as well as emotionally satisfying. Yes, and that sort of leads us to the third and final song I wanted to talk about today. But before we get to that, I should say, Jason Isbell has a lot of songs that are up-tempo, and he has a lot of songs that are not per se depressing, but you will not be hearing any of those songs today. (laughs) (laughs) Just because if if we get down to my heart of hearts, I like to listen to a song from a singer-songwriter that is sad, girl. I need some sadness. I want some brokenness, some ache. And that's what he's serving me. But I wanted to choose a song from his, uh, the album before the most recent one, an album called Southeastern, uh, which is called Songs That She Sang in the Shower. And this was the very first Jason Isbell song that I ever heard. I have since bought some of his older music as well. But this is the one that introduced his music to me. And I feel like it's a pretty good example of two things that he does. One is he writes a lot of love songs. The Life You Chose is about someone trying to start a relationship in some desperate way, but Songs That She Sang in the Shower is about an actual relationship that happens to be falling apart, but that's neither here nor there. He also has a song called Cover Me Up that is about a relationship that's working really well. He has a song called Flagship that's about the kind of love that we all hope to be in one day. And in fact, my friend Lisa got married a few weeks ago and read part of the lyrics of Flagship as part of her wedding vows. But Let's this also song is not, not forget his song, Kittens in a Basket, which is just the <laughs> words kitten in a basket sung over and over again while accompanied by a glockenspiel. <laughs> and he holds the he actually holds, holds the mic up <laughs> to his kitten, Lil Bastard, at one point, and the, the kitten just meows, and we all just have a great time. And if you pay to download the song, you receive a kitten by <laughs> named, mail named... four to six weeks later, COD. And it has a leather collar on that says Lil Bastard. Um <laughs> None of, this, this song, none of this is real. I'm I'm sorry. To tell you. <laughs> please do not please do not tweet Jason Isbell asking where his kitten where your kitten is. Um, <laughs> Actually, please do that anyway. Or maybe do that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll take I, the credit for can, that. Can we take a break? I need to go do that. I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm so glad you. I thought you were serious. I was about to hit pause. Okay, I thought I, <laughs> I clocked that you were just joking. It's like the other day when you thought I was making up and winter came as the name of the Enya Holiday album. <laughs> And I don't think I ever actually told you about that Enya album, that the the actual title of the album is Dot, 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 and Winter Came. Oh, I think you did mention that. Yeah, okay. That's important to know. Anyway, the other thing is that Speaking Jason Isbell has been quite... Speaking of emotional winters, back to Jason Isbell. <laughs> yes. He's been quite public about his own battles with alcoholism. So what we're going to hear in this verse of uh, songs that she sang in the shower, I think, is a reference to his own struggle to stay clean. Anyway, here we go. By myself Looks like I'm here with a guy That I judge worse than anyone else So I pace And I pray And I repeat the mantras That might keep me clean for the day the songs that she sang in the shower all ring in my ear Like wish you were here How I wish you were here 
stop breathing out And the church bells are ringing for those who are easy to please And the frost on the ground probably envies the frost on the tree And uh, again, in a room by myself, looks like I'm here with a guy that I judge worse than anyone else. Oh, I have. Oof, that hurts. It hurts in a real way. But I also love that this song has such a big soaring chorus. And whereas many of his songs deal with sort of emotional restraint in a lot of ways, this is a song where he allows himself to wail out because he is hurt. And I have seen Jason Isbell give two amazing concerts, and sadly he never sang this song. And I would love to hear this live one day because I feel like it would really stir me in real life. Uh, but now I wonder, Sarah, what are your thoughts about the songs being sung, about the songs being sung in the shower? Well, uh, first of all, I feel that if you boxed up a small kitten and sent it care of his management company, that uh, perhaps he could be persuaded <laughs> yes. to sing this live. Um, <laughs> You're right. This is sort of the end point of the continuing, like, the universe that I was talking about before, that there seemed to be this narrative, like, continuity of self-medication, if that makes any right. sense. That in some of the songs, it's just mentioned in passing... But in some of the other songs, like the, we didn't hear this part of the song, but the part where he's talking about basically having gotten in a fight in a bar f- because he's being a wise ass and his yes. special lady friend is like, so like the way it's phrased in the car headed home, she asked if I had considered the prospect of living alone. And the way it's phrased is a little bit jokey. Like there's a little bit of snarkiness to it. Yes. But then you realize that she's serious and it's because he's sort of like, he's not that like, you know, the star player's dad in Hoosiers level wandering onto the basketball court, Bowery bum type alcoholic, but almost no alcoholics are that. And that you're seeing like another brief chapter without any answers blew by. Like you're seeing that they both sort of went over the line past where she could put up with living with his disease instead of him. And that was it. And then he's sort of trying to get, he's sort of trying to drive himself back over to the right side of the line in the rest of the song. And there's that, this is not a case of his economy of line, although that does exist in the song. I like that there's this, the compassion for his characters, for lack of a better word that you mentioned earlier, but also this understanding of an ability to live with, like there's no closure in recovery either. Everybody's just Mm. trying to get from one end of the day to the other without putting something in them that has ruined their lives. And you, not everybody gets through every day. Like it it doesn't always work. Relapse happens and it's not the end of the story. And his ability to live with that imbalance or messiness, um, even as it's like the catalyst of this particular narrative, is pretty cool. Like, I don't, and I don't feel like, especially in country songs, like it's usually much more binary. Like, either it's a big joke, like a la, um, how can I miss you if you won't? leave or like you know classic country songs that are sort of like 
I asked him to choose right. between me and beer. And I, yeah. Or there's a, there is a song. She asked me to choose between her or fishing, and I'll sure miss her when she's gone. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's many variations on that. They're like, ha ha. And then you have also a gazillion variations just on Dolly Parton bluegrass albums about <laughs> either women being like, I'm on the train with five bucks and my dignity. You can keep all that bourbon and all the shit you bought me to make up for hitting me when you were fucked up. Like there's also that extremely dark single mother on the run narrative, but you don't often hear something like this. That's like, I, you know, this is a bad situation. I understand why it happened. I'm trying to get clean and it's maybe going to work and maybe it's not. And he's like listing all his triggers. Like it's really, I mean, it's very honest and yeah, not, I mean, it's not like a, you know, fun time convertible sing-along listen, but uh, I respect... But that's why we I have respect... the remix of... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, it's not a fun time convertible sing-along, but that's why we have the hot remix of Basket of Kittens <laughs> to get us through the night. Oh, man. Yeah. 808 State, baby. Uh, yeah, I... This song is like, it's tough, and I... It doesn't do – it's more of like a country song in that sense that like sometimes you have to choose between being transported by the melody and mm-hmm. focusing on the lyrics. I think this is much more toward the lyrical side, but then mm-hmm. there's a there's a harmony to those that I think is great. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know this guy in the course of prepping – for this podcast because what he's able to do so in such spare honest terms is really quite amazing and it's also like nice to listen to melodically well hot damn i'm so glad you like him because i love him too and uh i I really am excited that you like him as well and the next time that he goes on tour we should go together because he puts on a great show okay you bring the kittens i'll get the car (laughs) All right, I'll go this. Come on, little bastard. <laughs> I remember being scared to fight when I was young. I threw my fists about the air until I drew blood. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. And today's theme song was written by David Gregory Byrne. Want to request a song or buy an ad? We'd love that. Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. Hit us up on our Facebook page, mastus.podcast, or tweet us at talksongs. We'd also really love to nab a top 100 ranking on iTunes Music Podcast chart, so if you like the show, can you please head to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a good review? It helps our numbers, and it makes us feel really good about ourselves. That is right. So until next time, this is Mark. This is Sarah. And this is Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Oh my god! Pretty girl can have her looks in a warm heart. You proved me wrong, now I can't tell the two apart. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.